Blog Talk Radio. Driving all night, my hands wet on the wheel. It's talking in circles. There's a voice in my head that drives my heel. With your host, Clayton Caldwell. My baby calling till I need you here. And John Harlow. And it's a half past four and I'm shifting gear. Hello everybody and welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell with John Harlow tonight. Bringing you another great episode of Talking in Circles. We're back talking about the 50 greatest drivers in NASCAR history, according to Fox Sports. We're going to break down the list. We're going to give you a list, break it down, and tell you uh, who we think is too high, who we think is too low, and who was left off the list. I know I have a driver particularly who was left off the list that I think absolutely should be included. We'll get to that in a little bit. Also, we'll preview the race at Texas Motor Speedway. It's the O'Reilly Auto Parts 500 at Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, The NASCAR 2019 NASCAR Cup Series schedule was released this week with not much uh, flash, not much chatter there, Uh, really no no changes. We'll we'll discuss that a little bit. And, of course, the drama over there at BK Racing. The team is now being operated by a trustee owner. Ron Devine has lost controlling and financial interest of his race team. What does that mean? What is the future of that organization? What do we expect happens to that charter down the road? We'll get to all that. And more, but first, I think one of the most interesting, uh, debatable topics here in the last couple of days has been Fox Sports. They announced their 50 greatest drivers. They they had a panel of voters. I'll give you the voters uh, who voted for the 50 greatest drivers in NASCAR history in their point in their opinions. It was uh, a voting panel that consisted of Adam Alexander, AJ Allmendinger, Todd Bonine, Alan Kavana, Jeff Gordon, Jeff Hammond. Mike Joy, Brad Keselowski, Chad Knauss, Blake Cook, Bobby Labonte, Larry McReynolds, Casey Mears, Phil Parsons, David Reagan, Regan Smith, Shannon Spake, Caitlin Vincy, Daryl Waltrip, Michael Waltrip, and Matt Yoakum. So those are, your, those are the people who voted. That was a voting panel. So those, these people uh, all voted and came up with this, these, the 50 drivers – and we're going to break it down in each 10 driver intervals. Right now we're going to go from 50 to 40, then it's going to be 39 to 30, then it's 29 to 20, then it's 19 to 10, and so on and so forth. So the 50th greatest driver they have is Joey Logano, 49th was Greg Biffle, 48th was Marvin Panch, 47th Jeff Burton, 46th Tim Richmond, 45th was Richie Evans, then you had Sam Ard, Neil Bonnet, Curtis Turner, Alan Kowicki, and Harry Gant to round out the top the, the, the 40 drivers there. Um, listen, first of all, there's some drivers on this list that I don't know belong there yet. I think Joey Logano is an outstanding talent. He's a great driver, um, but I don't know if he belongs on this list yet. as the 50 greatest drivers yet. I think that was a little bit of a of a um, you know impulse vote where they say, hey, you know what, we're watching him right now. He's, he's a great talent, and he is. And I think in five even five years, Logano might belong on this list. But as it sits right now in 2018, I don't put him there. Uh, and, and to me, one of the drivers, and, and I want to get your opinion on maybe a couple of the drivers who were left off, one of the drivers left off that I think belongs on this list, and I don't know how you don't put him there, especially if you look at the modifieds, because you're adding modified drivers, and you're adding Xfinity Series driver with Sam Ard, uh, modified driver Richie Evans. If you look at his modified career and what he did in Winston Cup, I don't know how Jeff Bodine is not in the top 50. I think that is absolutely absurd. I don't know how that's possible, but I won 18 races at Daytona 500 
gave Bud Moore his last win, won a first place for Rick Hendrick, uh, and dominated the modified series. And his modified numbers would have been even more excellent than what they already are if he had not gone to the Cup Series again. Not only with the Hall of Fame nominees, but here he is in the top 50. Again, Jeff Bodine gets shasted because he went to the Cup Series and didn't stay in modifieds. I mean, to me, Jeff Bodine, without a doubt, belongs on this list. Yeah, I think Jeff Bodine, his talent, and I really think there's two things that go against Jeff Bodine. You listed a lot of the people who were the voters and created this list. Jeff Bodine and Daryl Waltrip did not get along. Jeff Bodine and Michael Waltrip did not get along. If Jeff Bodine get, didn't get along with Daryl Waltrip, he sure as hell ain't getting along with Jeff Hammond. So there's three votes keeping him off right there. You've got Caitlin Vincy, who knows less about the sport than you and me, probably never saw Jeff Bodine run. Um, Shannon Spake, great anchor, not, a, not the most knowledgeable on the sport. She can get you in and out of commercial breaks, but she isn't the one who's going to break down what the sport is. So, yeah, I think uh, Jeff Bodine got hosed on this. And if Richie Evans is in, put Jeff Bodine in modified all the time, Richie Evans doesn't make the list. The one who I have the big beef with on this list is Greg Biffle. Greg Biffle was never the number one driver on his own team. He was always overshadowed by either Carl Edwards or Jeff Burton or Mark Martin or Matt Kenseth. If you're not the number one guy on your own team, how could you be on this list? Well, I mean, he was with a great race team. Keep that in mind. You know, you know, there's uh, you could argue that um, there's a lot of drivers on this list that weren't the greatest driver on their own team for a long period of time. Um, and and especially but he wasn't ever. Drivers. Yeah, and for the older drivers, though, you know, they, there was only one team. It's a decent logic, no doubt about it. Um, I, I, I think Biffle is right on that cusp of being out. I think Logano's too soon, to be honest with you. And the guy I think is a little too low looking at it now and thinking about it is Jeff Burton. Uh, Jeff Burton had a, a – and I know he, he had a little bit of a middle part of his career where he struggled, didn't win a lot of races, you know, between the Roush and, and the uh, RCR transition. But he was a great driver at Roush. Um, I think there's some drivers even in the 30s who we'll get to in a little bit, who might be, should be behind Jeff Bodine, or Jeff Burton, excuse me. Um, you know, and I think what these tra- people try to do is base it off of talent, just strictly how talented these guys were, um, and strictly not on st- statistics. And if I respect that. I really do, because I think that you look at that and you say, okay, um, that's definitely a way to look at it, definitely a way to grade it. I respect that. You know, with Kowicki, he only had five wins in a cup championship, you know, and if you look at five wins, you say, well, there's a lot of drivers behind him who had a lot more than five wins. But they're looking at it as far as pure driving talent is concerned, and I think that's why Kowicki's higher, a lot higher, and I respect that. Um, you know, same thing with Richie Evans. I respect that they added him in there. You know, is it debatable that we should have, you know, modified drivers and, and Xfinity Series drivers in there? Sure. Um, but they're there, and, you know, you have to wonder how much weight does that hold throughout the rest of the list. You know, uh, does it matter with Kyle Busch where Kyle Busch is placed? Because he's on this list and he's placed in an interesting spot. We'll discuss that a little bit later. doesn't matter with Mark Martin. Same thing with him. Both of those drivers have won a lot of races in, in, in the second and third divisions of NASCAR. Um, so you look at it and you say, does that matter? 
we'll discuss that as it goes and, on here. Uh, anything else you want to add on between fifty and forty? As we talk about the talent, if they're judging this on talent, there are some people in this bottom four in the bottom ten. I mean, if it's talent, Joey Logano needs to be higher than fifty. On results, fifty is probably the edge pushing it one way or the other. He could be on or off, but talent-wise, Joey Logano should be higher than he is. Another guy, talent-wise, who did amazing things in a very, very short period of time was Tim Richmond. Tim Richmond on talent is a top 20 all-time NASCAR driver. Tim Richmond was only here a few years. And Tim Richmond, we lost really early because he had AIDS. But if you think about talent, Tim Richmond is a top 20 driver in the history of NASCAR. You've seen him do things in those cars that people could never do. So that's, I mean, there's no criteria. I mean, you say they, I mean, people think they judge it on talent, but then you look, Joey Logano, who's done great things in a very short period of time. He's a very talented driver. He's got more talent than Biffle and uh, Kawicki and Harry Gant, and his career is still going to blossom. By the time he gets done, he probably will be a top 20 driver all time. But right now he's, on the cusp at 50. But if you're talking talent and it doesn't matter how long you were in, Tim Richmond is one of the most talented drivers. I mean, you've heard other drivers. If you ever watched the ESPN 30 for 30 on Tim Richmond, Rick Hendricks said before Jeff Gordon, he was the best driver I ever had in my stable. Absolutely. And, and, you know, he's, he's a lot like Kowicki. We don't know what his untapped, untapped potential was going to be. And a lot like Davey Allison, who um, all guys were in great situations who were just cut short. Their careers were cut short due to uh, unfortunate circumstances. You could say that about Ernie Irvin, who is not on this list. And I thought about Ernie Irvin when this list came out, and he wasn't included in the top 15. And I went, Ernie was a great driver. Uh, you know, if he doesn't get hurt in 94, he's probably on this list. You know, he, he, was, he was great talent. Um, but, you know, the, the accident in 94 that he, that he barely survived – you know, really cut into his career and really, I think, hurt his, um, you know, how successful he was in NASCAR. So him, I'm not jumping, going crazy over Ernie Irvin being left off the list just because um, we don't know what was, but what would, what could have been. But to me, Jeff Bodine, uh, again, somebody being left off, that is craziness to be left off. To go 30 through 39 here, John, you have Ricky Rudd at 39, Buddy Baker at 38. Then you got Dale Earnhardt Jr. at 37, Martin Truex Jr. at 36, Denny Hamlin at 35, 34 is Carl Edwards, Bobby Labonte 33rd, then Davey Allison, Benny Parsons, and Fred Lorenzen rounding out from 30 to uh, 39. Interesting, you know, I think there's a couple drivers who I think are a little too high. One is Martin Truex Jr. Um, Martin Truex again. A driver who, in the last three years, has really upped his status. You know, I think three years ago, if we do this list, Truex might not even be listed in the top 50. He had but two wins uh, and, and pretty good equipment. You're looking at that going, I don't know. But now you're telling me he's, he's worth 14 more spots than what he was three years ago. I think he definitely belongs on the list. He definitely belongs in the top 50. I just think the how new the newness of it all, the newness of him winning a lot of races, the newness of him winning a championship – 
puts him a little bit higher on this list than what he deserves. I think Harry Gant belongs higher than him. I think Jeff Burton belongs higher than him. I think maybe even Neil Bonnet belongs higher than him. So 36 for Truex to me absolutely belongs on this list. I think he's a little high. I think Carl Edwards is a little high at 34. Um, you know, those are really the two. Uh, maybe even Dylan Hart Jr. might be a spot or two high. Those are the two. I think Ricky Red belongs a little uh, a little higher than where he is at 39. Those, to me, are the drivers right there in that little category that, um, to me, are really, uh, you know, kind of misplaced. One of the things that um, I keep looking at, and there's a few on the in the 30s that I think have no business being there, and part of it's because their broadcasting career. I think Buddy Baker's – he's out on the list because he was Buddy Baker, the broadcaster. Buddy Baker would rather test tires for Goodyear than run a full season because it paid more. The other one is Benny Parsons. Benny never really ran in great equipment. He won the title the one year. He didn't have a whole hell of a lot of wins. Um there wasn't much difference, if you think about it, throughout the career, except Benny won a few times between Benny Parsons and Dave Marcus. There wasn't that much difference. I mean, you look at their average throughout the career, Dave Marcus running his own stuff was about the same as Benny Parsons. Benny Parsons has no business being at number 31. Um, the one that bothers me and continues to and always will is Bobby Labonte being as underrated as he is. Dale Jarrett is a lot higher than Bobby Labonte on this list. And you look at their career numbers, they're not much different. The difference is Dale Jarrett is broadcast boy. Dale Jarrett is Ned Jarrett's son. You take Dale Jarrett, other than his time at Robert Yates Racing, Dale Jarrett had a couple wins for Joe Gibbs. He didn't do anything for the Wood Brothers. He kept them afloat for a couple years, but nothing special. He was never really that good until him and Todd Parrott got together, and they had that three- or four-year span for Robert Yates Racing, and that's about it. And everybody thinks Dale Jarrett's this great driver who's a Hall of Famer because he won a title. Bobby Labonte well, was more consistent uh, than Dale Jarrett. Yeah, you say that, and it's funny, because I'm, I'm going to poke holes in a couple of things you said. First thing about Dale Jarrett, and he's uh, on the list here. We're going to get to him in a little bit, but he's ranked 24 on the list, if you're curious. And Bobby Labonte's 33rd. You know, you can say the same thing about Bobby Labonte. You know, Bobby, when he got to Joe Gibbs Racing and with Jimmy Maycar, he was great. He was a great driver. But as soon as Jimmy Maycar left and went to a higher role, over at Joe Gibbs Racing, we didn't see the same Bobby Labonte. We didn't see, see the same performance. He went to Petty, didn't win a race there. Uh, and I think the back end of his career really hurts him here, um, I, to be completely honest. Um, and I like Bobby a lot. He was great, but I think the back end of his career, running around with the teams he did, you know, he ran for TR, TRG Motorsports for a while. Um, GTG, when they were just building their, their Cup Series program up, I think that really hurts him in this list. I really do. Um, you know, and to me, when I look at a span of 1996 to 2000, um, to defend Dale Jarrett here a little bit, from 1996 to 2001, if I asked you who was the greatest race car driver in that time period in NASCAR, not named Jeff Gordon, if you didn't <laughs> say Dale Jarrett, you were incorrect. So that's, and you could never say that about Bobby Labonte at, that, at any point in his career, that he was the second best driver in NASCAR. I'm being completely honest. And I love Bobby, and Bobby's a great driver. But to me, those two factors um, 
are, are what separates Dale Jr. and Bobby Labonte. Now, as far as Benny Parsons is concerned, I think Benny's a little better than what you gave him credit for uh, on the on the track. Won a Daytona 500, won a lot of races, won a significant amount of races more than Dave Marcus did. Um, I think he's a lot better. He might be a little high on this list, no doubt about it. I think that that you could make that argument for sure. Um, but I think he definitely belongs on the list. But I think he's better than what you gave him credit for, no doubt about it. 29 through 20, you got Brad Keselowski at 29, Kurt Busch at 28. Rex White, 27, Terry Labonte, 26, Joe Welley, 25th, the aforementioned Dale Jarrett, 24th, Fireball Roberts, 23rd, Bobby Isaac, 22nd, Matt Kenseth, 21st, and Tim Flock, in 20th. A um, couple surprises to me, you know, and Brad's a great driver, and I think he's a, a, uh, a great talent, but again, I think it's just a little too early for him to be high. I think he, this high, I think he's a, a going to be on this list in five, ten years. Um, but to put him ahead of, of drivers, you know, um, like Bobby Labonte, you know, and I know he's got a championship already, uh, but to me he's just uh, a few notches too high. I think Kurt Busch is okay where he is. Um, I like Dale Jarrett where he is. And I think a lot of people were surprised about Matt Kenseth, that Matt Kenseth was a little high on that list. Maybe There were some people who might, might even thought he belonged a little higher. Um, what are your thoughts on 20 through 29 there, John here on the list. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think um, I think Brad Keselowski's probably rated a little high. Even though he has two championships, I think Terry Labonte might be rated a little high. He spent a lot of years where he was a mid-pack guy. He won that championship early, and then he was fighting to survive, and somehow got his... I mean, he got into Hendrick Motorsports equipment, and um, him and Dale Inman won a championship together. But Terry Labonte wasn't that great. I think between the Labonte brothers, I'd, I'd take Bobby over Terry every day. Um, I think Matt, Matt Kenseth probably could be a little higher because I really think Matt Kenseth has been very consistent, and Matt Kenseth is part of why two organizations were as strong as they were. You look at the difference at Joe Gibbs Racing right now from last year to this year. What's the one missing ingredient? Matt Kenseth. Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin were the two that were praising and begging for Joe Gibbs to hire Matt Kenseth because they knew what he would help bring to the team. So I think Matt Kenseth, because the amount of wins, he's got 39, he's got a championship, he's got a Daytona 500. He, I think he should be in the top 20. Um, yeah. I think That's Kurt Busch no, probably... No Kurt Busch probably is right about where he should be, if not a couple spots higher. But I think the 20s, the big one I have is Matt Kenseth probably should be higher, and Dale Jarrett and Bobby Labonte should be side-by-side. Side. Interesting. I think, um, you know, a couple of things. First of all, Terry Labonte, I think Terry was one of the smartest race car drivers to ever live. Um, you know, there were, you could argue, you know, he was going through – when he was at Junior Johnson – I think a lot of people expected him to win more races than he did, but they were going through some transitions. You know, Junior was in the Chevrolet. Uh, I think it was 80. I might get my rear years wrong here, and I apologize, but one of the years he was in the Chevrolet, they made the transition to Ford. It just took a lot more out of the team than I think people expected, and by the time Junior got everything right, you know, Terry was long gone out of that organization. Uh, ran for some tough teams. Billy Hagan, he did, he did a nice job, even in that 94 car for Billy Hagan with Sunoco. Um, 
you know, I think he finished eighth in points one year. He did a nice job there. And then he got to Hendrick and really showed it, that he could still race, drive a race car. So, um, so I think Terry was, was a good driver for sure. Um, and, and I think he's right about right. I don't have too much issue there from 20 to 29. Like I said, maybe Kozlowski a couple spots lower. Um, you know, but I, I think pretty much they got those pretty good. Uh, maybe Kenseth. I, I think I'll buy your argument. Kenseth maybe belongs a little higher. Um, but 19 to 10, here's where it's going to get really interesting. There's a lot of drivers in here that are, are uh, very popular and, um, you know, very good. And I think a lot of people will have hot takes on this. 19th is Mark Martin. 18th is Kevin Harvick. 17th is Bill Elliott. 16th, Buck Baker. Then you got Junior Johnson at 15th. Rusty Wallace at 14th. Herb Thomas, 13th. Kyle Busch, 12th. Ned Jarrett, 11th. And Lee Petty is 10th there. That rounds out 19 through 10. Um, man, when I initially saw this list, I thought Mark Martin was way too low. And I still look at it and say Mark Martin belongs a couple spots higher. I think he belongs ahead of Buck. I think he belongs ahead of Kevin Harvick. Um, you know, I think Mark, when you look at, to me, what he's done as his career, I hope when people look at, at Mark Martin's career, I hope that nobody takes credit away from him for not winning a championship or a Daytona 500 because Mark Martin is better. I've said this about him numerous times. He is better than 75% of the drivers who won a Daytona 500, and he's better than 60, 60 to 70% of the drivers who won a championship. It just never fell for him. Uh, you know, he was an inch away from one of the Daytona 500. He was a, a bogus penalty call in 1990 from winning the, winning the championship. Uh, let's just lay it on the line there. So, um, Mark Martin was great. And I hope that doesn't, you know, when you look at Harvick and you say, well, Harvick's got a Daytona 500 and a championship, so I'll put Harvick ahead of Martin. I don't do that yet. I think Mark uh, belongs ahead of a lot of drivers on this list. Uh, I think he's a little low. Um, Buck Baker's interesting. Junior Johnson's interesting. You know, Junior and, and Ned Jarrett, both through uh, 10 through 19 here, they retired a little earlier in their career. I think if they both hung on, they would um, their stats would be a lot higher. They would be a lot more um, – you know, I think they'd probably be a lot higher on this list. But what were your thoughts, John? Rusty Wallace, 14th, great driver. 89 champion, 55 wins. What were your thoughts uh, on the list 10 through 19? Uh, one of the things that, uh, and you and I talked about, we were talking before the show, I think Rusty Wallace is probably a little high. And maybe it's just me, but take Rusty away from the short tracks. He doesn't, I mean, he has a couple mile and a half. He has a couple of the two miles of the Penske tracks that he owned at the time. But Rusty, most of his 55 wins were on short tracks. Same thing with Daryl, whenever we'll talk about him later. I really think Ned Jarrett's in the top 10 because he had 50 wins at such a young age and gave up one great family. I think Junior Johnson, for what he meant to the sport, would be a top five. But Junior Johnson as a driver is before I even was a twinkle in my dad's eye, so I really can't judge it. Same with Lee Petty. But without a doubt, Mark Martin is a top 15 if not top 10 driver in the history of NASCAR. The amount of second place finishes he had in the points, the consistency he had, the amount of wins he had in the Xfinity series, because you know Kyle Busch, that number is going to come up because he's got 50 in trucks and 92 or something like that in Xfinity. But before there was a Kyle Busch, Mark Martin was the all-time Xfinity leader. 
and Mark Martin built Roush Fenway. There would be no Roush Fenway without Mark Martin. And Mark Martin's the one who convinced Bill Davis to come to North Carolina and put Bill Davis racing together. And I mean, I, I have nothing but respect. And if you look at the, some of the drivers in the garage, you look at one of the biggest hotheads ever is my boy, Tony Stewart. And who taught him how to respect the racetrack, respect your other drivers. Mark Martin's the one who taught give and take Mark Martin, not just on the track, but in the garage is probably one of the top 10 in the history of the in the history of the sport because he taught so many how to do it right. Matt Kenseth learned so much from Mark Martin. Um, yeah, let's, I swear let's Mark Martin 19. should be close to top 10, if not in the top 10. Kyle Busch I have no problem with. And by the time he gets done, he's going to be in the conversation for the top five. And he's done a hell of a lot agree. in a short amount of time. I don't disagree. You know, when I first saw this list, I said, oh, Kyle's kind of in a, in a decent spot. I would agree with that. But then I, I rethunk it, and I said, you know, he probably belongs to me a little, a couple spots lower. Um, I think, you know, like you said, Mark Martin, the longevity and the consistency in Mark Martin's career is incredible. For a 17-year period from 1989 to 2006, he finished out of the top 10 in points twice. I mean, that's incredible. Um, you know, and, and there were some years in there where Roush wasn't very good. Uh, and you're right. He brought, he brought Roush up from an organization that was just starting out to a, an app. By the time he left in 2006, that team was an absolute powerhouse. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And you could argue, you know, the beginning of the end for Roush Fenway was when Mark Martin left that organization. Um, you could argue that. So, Hey, and, and what he did at Hendrick Motorsports in that five car, nobody else other than Terry Labonte, you know, since Terry Labonte did that in that five car. Uh, he was great. Won five races, finished second in the points, 21 top ten finishes, had seven poles, really rejuvenated his career. And that was sort of the last hurrah we saw from him. Um, you know, and that was at the age of 50. So he definitely deserves some credit there for me. Um, you know, and I think Kyle, you're right. When it's all said and done, and Kyle looks at it, and you look at Kyle in 10, 15 years when his, his career is going to be over, we're going to sit there and go, man, we've got to put him in the top 10. I don't know if he's 12th yet. I think he's more of a 15 to 17 range. Um, but there's no doubt the kid's good. And, he, and he, I think he's got a couple more championships in him. He's got a lot more wins in him. But, again, to me, are you weighing the Xfinity Series? If you're doing that, Mark Martin belongs way higher. Um, so are you weighing what he's done in the Truck Series? So to me – um, that's why Cobb, I wouldn't have had him as high because I don't value uh, the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series wins as high as other people might have or might. Or might. Um, so I think that is why he's not so high on my list right now. He definitely belongs a couple of pegs, uh, to me, a little lower than where he is. But again, I think in even five years and ten years, we're going to be talking about him in the top ten, top five, no doubt about it. Here's the most interesting debates because it should be about 15, but the one, yeah. another one who I think is overlooked and driving for his own team cost him Bill Elliott. Bill yeah. Elliott driving for Mountain was unbelievable. Bill Elliott driving for Junior Johnson wasn't what everybody expected, but it was, was still good. When Bill Elliott put his own team together, he basically shot himself in the foot 
how many years winless. And then when he jumped in Ray Everham's Dodge, and won again. So I think Bill Elliott should probably be hired, but he tried to be the independent car owner and driver. And I think it cost him because he wasn't able to get the amount of sponsorship money. And he was busy focusing on trying to make sure he got sponsorship instead of worrying about the cost. Um, no, so it's no, one of those things. No if you're looking that, at the entire career, it might be right. If you're looking at the talent behind the wheel over certain periods of time, I mean, you look, Bill Elliott has the, he's the fastest guy in the history of NASCAR. He's won at Daytona, won at Talladega. He's won at Homestead. He's won at short tracks. He's won at intermediates. And that's one of the things where I think where Harvick might be right where he's at, but in a few years, maybe a little higher. I look at disciplines that they've won in. Bill Elliott won on a road course. I mean, I look at how many different disciplines you won at, and that's why Mark Martin should be higher. Kyle Busch is about where he should be, if not close, knocking on the door at the top 10. Part of it is I never saw Lee Petty drive. I never saw Buck Baker drive or Junior Johnson drive and Herb Thomas. So I can't really say where they would be compared to the guys I've seen. But on the guys I've seen, Kyle Busch is right up there. Same thing with Bill Elliott. Same thing with Harvick and the same thing with Mark Martin. Yeah, I think you're right on Bill Elliott, no doubt. I think you can say that about a couple guys on this list. Um, I think that's part of the reason why Jeff Bodine isn't on the list, because from 1994 to 1997, he ran his own team, uh, and I think that hurt him. I think Ricky Rudd, towards the end of his – he was a very – and Ricky Rudd was a very good independent driver. I think that hurt him at the end of his independent career before he went to Yates. I think he was, you know, uh, wasn't in as good equipment as he needed to be in. Bill Elliott, absolutely correct. Um, for six years, Bill ran his own team there at McDonald's 94 and had some had some really good years there, but he also had some real stinker years. Uh, it was hurt a lot. I think that hurt Bill's career, too. He was injured a lot. You know, silly little injuries where, uh, you know, he had his ankle get broken at a, at a freak accident at Talladega. Uh, he had his back get broken at Talladega one year. So that hurt him as well because when you look at it, the points and the races he missed, you say, you know, why did he finish 23rd in points that year? It's because he missed a couple of races due to injury. So that, and especially, you know, that's something else we got to keep in mind. You know, some of these guys who have been hurt back in the 90s and even in the 80s, when you add into a guy like, um, you know, Kyle Busch, who, who's been hurt, but there's a lot of guys in this, in, in this modern era who haven't been hurt because cars are so safe now. Um, so you have to keep that in mind as well. You brought up an interesting point about the disciplines, though, and I think you're absolutely correct that you have to, to – that has to be considered. Um, you know, I think everybody on – really from the top, from 1 to 20, one at all di- different disciplines. Matt Kenneth as, as well, he was 21st on the list. You know, but to, to kind of go back and backtrack a little bit, you know, Martin Trix Jr., I think he, we said he was 36. He has never won a short track race. Um, I think that's – that to me as a as a – NASCAR fan, that to me you look at and you say, ah, man, I don't know. You know, does he really belong that high on the list when you have a lot of drivers behind him of one who are great on short tracks? To me, short track racing is the ultimate talent, the ultimate, you know, it's where you want to be great. I th- you know, I look at it, if you're good on a short track, you could be good anywhere. And um, he has yet to win a short track race. And not because he doesn't have the talent to do it, um, but he's just not as good on the short tracks right now as he is on a mile and a half. And uh, you know you can you can argue 
um, that Furniture Racing has been the best team on the mile and a half for the last two years, and that's why Truex's win totals are so high. So I think that's why he's a little high there. Um, but to get back to where we were, 11 to 19, uh, definitely I think the disciplines are something we need to look at. And, and when we go through 1 through 10 here, I think um, that's something that uh, is definitely taken into consideration. So let's go through that. 10 through 1. 10 on the list is Lee Petty. Ninth on the list is Tony Stewart. Eighth is Bobby Allison. Seventh, Kale Yarbrough. Sixth, Daryl Waltrip. Fifth, and this, this one bothered a lot of people. Fifth was Dale Earnhardt. Fourth, David Pearson. Jeff Gordon was third. Jimmy Johnson, that one bothered a lot of people too, is second. And Richard Petty, number one. Now, there's a lot of debate, and we're going to be talking about we're talking about the top crop in NASCAR history. What are your thoughts on one through ten here, John, um, of what I just gave you with the names? Who's a little too high in your opinion, and who's a little too low? Richard Petty's too high. Darrell Waltrip's too high. Um, I think Tony Stewart's too low. I think Bobby Allison's too low. I think if Richard Petty, and he won 200 races, but that's when they were running Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday. Anytime they got on the track, if there was enough NASCAR guys, they counted it as a NASCAR race. I don't see Richard Petty. But then again, I didn't see much of his big time whenever he was in the 60s and 50s doing the things he did. I just don't think Richard Petty would have seven championships if David Pearson ran full seasons. I really don't. I don't think Dale Earnhardt has seven championships if Davey Allison doesn't die in that helicopter accident. So those two, I sort of, I'll live with Earnhardt at five, but Richard Petty's not number one. Jimmy Johnson, in my eyes, is the number one driver in the history of the sport. Wow. Because he won seven championships. He's won 80-something races right now. I mean, he's tied with, what, Kale Yarbrough? And there's nobody we can say that if they were still with us would have taken a championship away from Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson has never missed the playoffs in his career. He's never had a finish in the points less than 10th. Nobody else can say that. Jimmy Johnson has dominated the sport like nobody else. Richard Petty won seven championships over, what, 25, 30 years? Dale Earnhardt won seven championships over 20-plus years because he won his first one in, what, 79? Jimmy Johnson's done it in less than 15. I look at it, Jimmy Johnson's number one. I would go David Pearson number two ahead of Petty because if you wow. add up when David compared David Pearson's stats, put him in the same amount of races, I bet Pearson wins. So I would go Pearson two. I would go Earnhardt three. Petty four. Jeff Gordon five. Six, I'd probably go Kale Yarbrough. Seven, nine, Daryl, and ten, Lee Petty. Boy, I think you're undercutting Daryl Waltrip there a lot. And and um, I know 
a lot of people look at him as just a short tracker, but I think Daryl Waltrip is the best short tracker to ever live. I really do. I think he was that good, and and that praise to me is very very high. He was absolute. I mean, what he did at Bristol, eleven consecutive wins. Uh, the wins he had at Martinsville, North Wilkesboro, uh, Nashville, and I know that was his hometown racetrack, but Daryl was unbelievable. And in the eighties, you could argue he was the greatest driver of the eighties. Uh, he was. He all he did was win races in the eighties. I mean, he really took Junior Johnson's team and brought it to the next level. You can argue once he left Junior Johnson, that team was never the same. Uh, they had that really good year in '92 with Bill Elliott, where they won a lot of races early in that year, uh, and then kind of unraveled at the end of that year. But they were never as consistent, never as dominant as they were under the Darrell Walter with Junior Johnson. Um, and you know, Darrell won. He won uh, the 500. He's won road courses. He's won the 600. He's won. And he definitely was great on short tracks. And to me, this is, this is back in the day without power steering uh, where he dominated Bristol, dominated at, at these short tracks. Um, you know, to me, Daryl is – and I know I think his personality and a lot of people's minds and, and what he's done, and a lot of people don't like him as a broadcaster, I think that hurts his standing and what people remember. And, and part of what hurts Daryl Walter too is – the back end of his career where he was taking past champions provisionals just about every week and his own deal just to stay afloat. That hurts him as well. Um, so, and I'll tell you, me, Clayton, one of the things with that, I had Daryl Waltrip Mountain Dew. I was a huge Daryl Waltrip fan as a little kid, but as I watched the drivers drive and I saw all of Daryl's career and I saw all of I mean, most of Cale Yarbrough's productive career, I've seen all of Jimmy Johnson. I've seen all of Jeff Gordon. I saw all of Earnhardt. I saw the back two-thirds of Bobby Allison. I saw all of Stewart. And watching those drivers, I put those, I put a good bunch of them ahead of Daryl. And, yes, you're right. The last few years of his career was a joke. Um, Yeah. And Daryl at Dygard. He was good in the 88, but he wasn't what he – I mean, he wasn't anything compared to what he was with Junior Johnson and Jeff Hammond. That pairing is almost like Jimmy and Chad. It's almost like Stewart and Zippy. The one thing with Jimmy – I mean, with um, David Pearson, you didn't even know who the hell his crew chief was. It was one of the Wood brothers, but depends on who it was that day. Um, Yarborough won in several different organizations. He won well, He won a lot for Junior. He won a lot for Harry Rainier. So I, I, I loved Daryl as a kid. I loved watching him run. But watching the total evolving of the sport, I don't think Daryl rates, rates with some of the other ones. I still think David Pearson's the best guy who ever strapped a helmet on. Well, it's funny you say that about Pearson because you talked about, um, you know, the, the careers with Yarbo and Walter. But I think – um, with Pearson, when he left the Wood Brothers, you know, the Wood Brothers were never the same after that. Neil Bonnet did very well in that car. Buddy Baker had some some nice runs in that car. Uh, but they were never the same. They were never as dominant as they were when David Pearson was in the 21 car. No doubt about it. 917-889-8280. Talking Circles, Clayton Coldwell, John Harlow here with you. Uh, and we have Lee in Virginia on the line. Hello, Lee. What do you want to talk about tonight? All right. Let me have Hi, it, Lee. Hi, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you fine. Yeah, let me have it. You. 
right. Well, I'll tell you what. You can't fault Richard Petty for who he raced against. I understand. John, you made every point. Every point you made was absolutely right. You know, uh, the the error was crazy back then. They were running on Wednesday nights with 50 drivers, and we didn't know who half of them was. But you can't fault Richard Petty for that. That's not his fault. Um, I know he and he beat him. He beat who he had to beat. And I listen. I I what I remember Richard was catching on fire in his final race at Atlanta Motor Speedway. That's what I remember of Richard Petty. Um, do I think? Boy, to me, um, Jimmy Johnson's number one because that's who I've seen the entirety of his career. I think he's won it. He won it in the old car. He won it in the year with the old car and the COT. He won it with the COT. He won it in this car. He won it in all different kinds of formats. He's won championships in everything that they've thrown at him because they don't want him to win championships, and he still won. So, to me, he's the greatest of all time. Um, Dale Earnhardt, they were helping. They were helping Dale. You know, they got people got to understand that. they He was getting away with – um, you know, sitting on the pole every week because it was about the the point standings. You know, sitting not sitting on the pole, but getting the first pit stall every week because it was about uh, where you were in points, and not where you qualified back then. He was losing tires and not getting penalized. So they want they're going against Jimmy. They weren't going against Dale Earnhardt. They weren't going against Richard Petty. So you put all of that on top of it with what Jimmy did, and he's by far the greatest of all time, in my opinion. Um, I just don't want Richard to be shortchanged just the fact that, oh, well, if David Pearson ran, well, David Pearson didn't run. Oh, well, if David Allison had lived, well, David Allison didn't live. You know, we can't say for sure that David would have won. I, I believe he would have, but we don't know for certain. And so, you know, I think that's sometimes when we rate people, we have to look at that. I don't disagree with you, Lee. I think um, Richard Petty did what he had to do with the competition he had to go against. I don't think the competition Richard Petty went against is the same that Jimmy Johnson goes against. And I'm with you. Jimmy Johnson's the best driver in the history of the sport. And what if you're putting a list out. I put David Pearson, too, in my mind, because, like I said, with what he did in the amount of races he won, his winning percentage is a hell of a lot higher than most anybody else. He's, got a, he's the only one other than Richard Petty with 105, and he ran half the races. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you, Lee. Um, NASCAR helped Earnhardt a hell of a lot, especially with Mark Martin's bogus penalty. Yes, yes. You know, and they wanted him to be the face of the sport. They don't. They didn't want. They don't. They still. You know, Jimmy's not the face of the sport because NASCAR didn't want him to be. They wanted Dale to be the face of the sport. They wanted Richard Petty to be the face of the sport. They didn't want Jimmy to be the face of the sport. But Jimmy just happened to continue to win because he's that great. Yeah, it's interesting, and and I don't know if I put Jimmy as number one. I've always said. To me, Pearson was was number one. I think what David did was unbelievable. Uh, I think Richard Petty's two, and then from there you could go, you, you could toss it up, um, I, whether it's uh, Jimmy or Earnhardt. Do you or hurt Jeff Richard Gordon? Do you, do go you hurt Richard Petty in the fact that the, the fact that you know um, once seventy two came around and they they docked some of the races off. I mean, yeah, he was still great into the late seventies, but. Uh, he was old, but he wasn't that old into the mid '80s, and that's really when that when he started to go way downhill in the mid '80s. And he was only in his mid '40s. Um, th- was that more equipment, do you believe, or was Richard just, you know, at the lunch? And should should that penalize Richard? You know, I mean, you're saying it hurt Daryl Waltrip. Should that hurt Richard Petty? Right. That's I believe it should. It's a very good point. Because you know what we have to keep in mind, though, with that guys. That. Jimmy Johnson is still active, um, and you know Jim, we haven't seen the back end of Jimmy Johnson's career yet. 
So keep that in mind when you add that in there because it could be very well where, listen, there's no doubt Jimmy right now is great, but he could hang on for 10 more years and maybe not win. And then we're going to sit there and put Jimmy Johnson in the same category as Richard Petty. Should that hurt Jimmy Johnson? So to I me, firmly believe when it comes he, to that, Clayton, that uh, Jimmy Johnson's probably got the Tom Brady approach where he's going to say, the minute I suck, I'm done. I don't see Jimmy Johnson hanging on. He's got a hot wife. He's got two beautiful girls. He's not going to be hanging on to the end of the career like Petty did because Petty needed it to survive. Jimmy Johnson's made a hell of a lot of money. He's got the house in Aspen. The minute he thinks he's on the downward slide, he's gone. One of the guys we haven't mentioned, though, to be the greatest driver of all time, didn't have a back end of the career that was horrible. That was Jeff Gordon. Jeff Gordon was very competitive, and you want to count the eight races, something for Dale Earnhardt Jr., fine. But he wasn't bad at the end of his career. He was a very competitive race car driver. Um, and we haven't, we haven't discussed him as being the greatest race car driver of all time. I think a lot of people, there might be some people out there who would say that. Um, but does that help Jeff Gordon? Should Jeff Gordon get more consideration? Because the back end of his career, unlike Petty, unlike uh, Daryl Waltrip, you know, uh, the back end of their careers were terrible. Jeff Gordon's back end of his career was pretty good. David Pearson struggled a little bit. He struggled to find rides. Um, Pearson wasn't as great as he once was. Kale Yarbrough had a couple of years where he wasn't winning races. Jeff Gordon was still very competitive. Now, it's a different era that Gordon and Jimmy Johnson are in. There's no doubt about it. First of all, um, you know, they're, 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 I think they're in much better equipment, much more consistent equipment at Hendrick Motorsports with a much bigger team than what Petty Enterprises was or what their old trip was you know, running around with his own deal and then running for Travis Carter's team. Um, you know, Bobby Allison was very, very good up until, you know, his final years of his career. Um, you know, so, and, and again, we're not putting these guys higher because their back end of their careers weren't great. I just think in some people's minds that, you know, the people who are voting this list, when you think about Daryl Waltrip, Daryl in my era growing up, a lot of people my age think of Daryl Waltrip as the guy in the 1990s who took past champions provisionals all the time. But if you watch what he did and look at his career in the 80s, again, I think he was the greatest driver of the 1980s. From 1980 to 1989, you say, who was the best driver? I think Darryl, if your answer is not Daryl Waltrip, you're, you're so wrong because he won so many races in three championships in that 10-year time period. Um, and at Daytona 500. So to me, he was, he was fantastic. Um, so the one thing again, Clayton, I, you when know, you're talking about Jeff Gordon is mm. it's another one of those ifs if Ray Everham doesn't start his own team Jeff Gordon probably is on that list but at the last half of Jeff Gordon's career which was still a solid career Jeff Gordon wasn't the best guy at Hendrick Motorsports Jimmy Johnson was Jimmy Johnson beat Jeff Gordon Every time Jimmy Johnson, Jeff Gordon did not want to cha- win a championship when Jimmy Johnson was on the track. So that automatically, in my mind, put Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon because Gordon beat him. Uh, it's interesting, and and I think that's what makes this so fun is because you say, well, well there's a lot of what ifs here. There's a lot of well, this might have happened. Well, that might have happened. Um, you know, one of the one of the things I think you look at is, you know, when you think about Jimmy Johnson. You know, Jimmy never Jimmy ne- and and Lee in Virginia have talked to him a lot about this. This is a very good point. And Jeff Gordon, the beginning of their careers 
have been in, from the beginning to end were in top top notch equipment, the best equipment that they, that was out there. Hendrick Motorsports now Hendrick Motorsports when Jeff Gordon came up and Hendrick Motorsports when Jimmy Johnson came up are two completely different race teams. Um, so keep that in mind. But they were still very very good stuff. Darrell Waltrip started off in his own team and won some races. Got the die guard as you said. Won some races there. Competed for a championship. Then got to the big ride at Junior Johnson. Um, you know, David Pearson ran around and, and worked his way up through very good rides before he got to the Wood Brothers. Uh, Richard Petty, you know, he was, he was, again, fortunate that he had a team that was established when he started. Bobby Allison was with different race teams. Kelly Yarbrough was with different race teams. So Dale Earnhardt, you know, Dale Earnhardt started off a Rod Osterlin, which wasn't a, a prolific team. Again, different era, no doubt about it. But, you know, from 80 to 83, he was looking for a ride there sort of before he got to Bud Moore. Um, you know, after the 1980 season, from 81 to 83, he was looking for a ride there before he got to Bud Moore, and then, of course, he went to Richard Childress and the rest of his history. Um, so just keep that in mind as well when you look at Jimmy Johnson and his win totals and how he's done the same thing with Jeff Gordon. They didn't work their way up through their careers, and they should, be, should they be faulted for that? I don't know, but they didn't, they've had the opportunity where they've been in top-notch equipment their entire careers. They've been in winnable stuff. Lee, you bring that point up a do, lot. Do you, uh, is that something yeah. that, should be, that should be thrown in there? Yes, and, and I bring that point up a lot. And here's another point that I bring up a lot. Maybe we should give Earnhardt more credit for this. Jimmy Johnson's won all seven championships with Chad Canales. Jeff Gordon won all his championships with Ray Everham, and then he won one with Robbie Loomis. But we could argue that was Everham's team. Dale Earnhardt won six, seven championships with three or four different crew chiefs. You know, he won four with Kirk Schellmerding. He won one with, with Doug Richard, and he won, I think, three more with Andy Petrie. And so – what does that say about Dale Earnhardt? He was able to adapt to crew chiefs. Um, and I want to also ask a question because I thought this was interesting. If you were listening to the late shift last night with Larry McReynolds and Brad Gilley, Larry Mack had talked about uh, Brad Keselowski submitted uh, drivers for this thing. And Brad pretty much just looked at the wins list and said, you know, if they win, he put more emphasis on winning. Uh, do we put more emphasis on winning or championships in this, and why? I mean, I thought Alan Kowicki was ranked very low. I thought Mark Martin was was erroneously underrated in this in the whole thing. So, yeah. uh, where where do you guys put what do you guys put more on? Do you put more emphasis on winning or championships here? To me, it's a combo. Of, I mean, I look at it it's fifty fifty. Championships weigh in, but I mean, Alan Kowicki won a championship. And unfortunately, Alan Kowicki lost his life the year after he won the championship, so we don't know where he could have gone forward. I think Alan Kowicki had the opportunity to be amazing. But Alan Kowicki was so damn bullheaded that he wanted to have his own team. I mean, Junior Johnson walked up to him, handed him a contract. If he would have walked into Junior Johnson's stuff, he might have had more wins, but he did it himself. I look at it, the one thing I look at is, I mean, you've got your wins, you've got your championships, but I also look at the amount of disciplines you win at. I mean, Darrell Waltrip, half of his 83 wins are Bristol, Richmond, North Wilkesboro, um, Martinsville, and Rockingham. Yeah, yeah, but 40 wins are a lot. That's more wins than Mark Martin has. 40 wins is a lot at other tracks. I mean, I understand that, but... 40 wins is a lot at other racetracks. That's a, that's a career for most people. The one thing I look at it with Lee is um, there's a hell of a lot more talent on the track now. If you look back in the 70s, 
we could name on one hand who were we would expect to win. In the 70s, it was going to be Petty. It was going to be Pearson. It was going to be Buddy Baker's got a shot, Yarborough, and Waltrip whenever he hit Dygard, and Bobby Allison. Those were the ones you knew had a shot to win every week. And then Benny Parsons would get a couple here and there. But those were the five you knew. The 80s, it got tougher. The 90s, it got tougher. Now, you know, there's 15, 16, 17 guys that have a shot at winning on a pretty regular basis. And the competition's so much different now than it was back then. I still say Jimmy Johnson, with what he's been able to do, yeah, he's been in top-notch equipment his whole career. Yeah, he's had Chad Knauss on top of the box his whole career. But should we penalize that the same way we look at rewarding Earnhardt for being able to adjust to different crew chiefs or I don't know. It's one, this is one of those things. It's a great clickbait thing. It's a hell of a debate thing. We could talk about this for hell three yeah. hours All night. and probably yep. everybody would move somebody one way or another, a couple slots, but the 50 on the list probably are pretty close to the 50. The only real one that I agree with Clayton, it's not on the list. It should be it's Jeff Bodine. But other than that, I think they got a good list. It's just a matter of where they're at, and that's where everybody gets to bitch, moan, and complain and argue about it, and everybody keeps getting Fox Sports. They get more clicks and more of that, and they're happy about it. I think Junior should yeah. be in the top 50. I, I saw him as high as the 38th Junior, which I thought was yeah. way too high for a driver who's never won a cup championship. It was in I think he stuff was on the list, though. Seasons. Yeah, he's a little high, though. I thought he was too high. Uh, he might be a little high for sure, but – and, and John brought up a good point. That was something I want to touch on you guys. Was there anybody else left off? We talk, I talked about Jeff Bodine. Um, I think Jeff absolutely belongs on the list. I think, uh, you know, especially when you add the modified stats in there, because if Richie Evans is in there, we're not talking about anything else but the modified stats. Um, so to me, uh, you look at it and you say, who else was left off? You know, when you look at the, the win list, um, you know, Ryan Newman's there with 18. Casey Kane is there. Uh, you know, you know anybody else? I mean, is, Ernie, Ernie, is, Ernie Irvin. I those guys, any of those guys, belong there. on? I think Ernie. I think Ernie should be on there. Ernie, Ernie. I mean, I know Ernie got hurt, and we we missed a lot of what really could have been Ernie. But he had a he was really good there for four or five years. He was a superstar in this sport and won a whole bunch of races. Um, you know, I think he has seventeen clear wins, which isn't that many, but that, that's a lot for fifteen. That's a lot for the yes. four or five years that he was he was really really strong there. I know he rubbed and he, he's kind of like Bodine in that way. He rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, especially early on in his career. Ernie Irvin, he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, and I'm sure that's hurting him. That's what hurt Jeff Bodine. Earnhardt didn't like him. Davey Allison didn't get along with Jeff Bodine. Jeff Bodine rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, and that's the reason why he's not on there. Michael, my opinion, the reason why he's not in the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. And I think and uh, think Ernie's the same way. Two things you look at with Bodine and Irvin before I let John touch on this. They won. They were very diverse. They won a lot of different racetracks. Ernie won on road courses, won on super speedways, won on short tracks. Same thing with Jeff Bodine. So that's something to keep in mind when you talk about those guys too as well, John. Yeah, I think Ernie Irvin uh, probably should be on the list. Um, I agree with Lee that Dale Jr. is overrated. He probably should be on the list, but barely. And the reason Jr. gets on the list is his two Xfinity championships. And which he's nonsense, got his, which is nonsense. Yeah, I, I agree. But they put that in there because they're going NASCAR. So if you're going to go NASCAR, because I mean, there. 
as much as much as I like uh, what Richie Evans did, NASCAR Modified is like rookie ball compared to the major leagues. And but Richie Evans is on there. But Jeff Bodine, if he stays modified, probably has a better run toward the Hall of Fame. If Jeff Bodine didn't buy Alan Kowicki's team after he died, he probably would have a better chance at the Hall of Fame because he's probably still going to be in better rides. He left Bud Moore to buy Alan Kowicki's team, and Bud Moore's team was still solid. Right. Yeah, absolutely right about that. And, and you know, a couple other names I want to get your opinions on before we end the show here, and uh, this has gone longer than what we expected. But well, a couple other names I want to get your opinions on here. One, Leroy Yarbrough, who – uh, had a great career in 69, was the 1969 NASCAR Driver of the Year, won 14 races, got hurt, um, never was the same driver again after that. He was left off the list. A lot of people loved Donnie Allison, too, guys. You know, he only had 10 cup wins, but uh, a lot of people liked what he what he did as well. Uh, should those guys, you think, have any consideration? Uh, again, Ryan Newman, Casey Kane left off as well. well what are your thoughts? Sterling Marlin, too. About, about Sterling. Uh, you, know, you know, Donnie never, from what I understand, well, I didn't see Donnie race, he never had that big shot, that big ride. So, you know, it's hard really to judge what he would have done in a huge ride there. You can't hold it against him. And, and he, it's not like he got into a big ride and didn't win. So you can't hold that against him either. Um, I, would, I, I would really have to look strongly at the list. I'd move Richie Evans out of there because I don't think the modifieds belong on there, but that's my opinion. Uh, and, and put maybe put Donnie Allison on there. Maybe put uh, Leroy Yarbrough on there. Maybe put Sterling Marlin in there with some of those other guys because I don't, I don't think the modified should belong on there. That's my opinion. I'm with you, Lee. I mean, I love watching modifieds run on the dirt, but it's not this list. And it's sort of like my – whenever Clayton and I have talked about the Hall of Fame thing, and I think you've agreed with us whenever we've talked about it, is if they're going to have um, – Ron Hornaday Jr. getting in and Sam Ard getting in. They, the Xfinity and the Truck Series should have their own wing. They shouldn't be in the cup wing. You shouldn't put cup drivers who have had more success on the cup level because you look, Ron Hornaday, when he came to the cup series, didn't do crap. And went back to the Truck Series with his tail between his legs. And he's in the Hall of Fame. So there's a lot of guys who ran the cup series I mean, Bobby Labonte should be in the Hall of Fame before Ron Hornaday Jr. Yeah, no doubt. I think you look at it, and uh, I, I agree. I think it's just when you start playing with series like that, um, you know, guys get hurt. And I, I hate to harp, keep harping on Jeff Bernine, but to me, Jeff Bernine is one driver in both the Hall of Fame and in this top 50 list who gets penalized because he was running in the Cup Series. And to me, that is so wrong and so incredibly ridiculous um, that 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 hurts Jeff Bonine. I just I, I can't. And they stand didn't that. like him. If they liked of, him, if they liked him, they'd put him on there. Part of the reason is they didn't like him. I totally agree. I, I totally agree. And that to me is 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 a crying shame. And, and I don't know how if you include modified drivers with Richie Evans. I don't know how Jeff Bonine. Not only what he did in modifieds, but what he did in Cup isn't on the list. I just don't get it. I want to thank Lee, Virginia, John Harlow, another great job again tonight. We could debate this all night here, folks. What is your opinion? Give us your thoughts on Twitter and Facebook. Good night, everybody. We'll see you next time here on Talking Circles.